0: What's up, everybody? I hope everybody's well. So I've been watching Seinfeld recently. It's pretty good, but to me, the best sitcom ever will always be That 70s Show. I guess it has to do with my age, you know? Like that That's the show that was on when I was growing up. So for me, it would always be That 70s Show. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me. Punch them out official on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace, guys, ladies. the mouth podcast I'm Adrian let's get right into it so I finished watching McGregor forever I had a couple takeaways from that documentary now one thing I want to say first and foremost is editing is a very powerful tool so the way they made that look kudos to them man because it gave me two very distinct feelings especially going into the Khabib fight and the third Dustin Poirier fight if you don't know, it starts from the promotion. So, it starts from where the movie ended, the last movie. Because I even say that the last movie, even though it was during the credits, it even covered the Mayweather fight. So, this one picks up right after that where with the bus incident. Like, it's funny how long they followed him around because all of that took place within a span of like four or five years. Because the bus incident, it took place in... 2018 then he didn't fight again until 2019 then he didn't fight again until 2020 or wait no he fought in 2018 i'm sorry because that that took place in april of 2018 he didn't fight all of 2019 he fought again in 2020 the reason he didn't fight of 2019 is because he had, had some sort of hand injury he didn't fight again until 2020. That's when he fought Cowboy Cerrone. And then COVID hits. So he, didn't, he doesn't end up fighting again until January of 2021. And then in July of 2021 as well. So 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. They followed him around for three years doing this documentary. And like what fascinated me was the stuff we didn't see. Like we all knew. I could tell you it was a span of three years because of the fights. We all saw the press conferences. We all saw that. What we didn't see is the training footage they had. And going back to the Khabib fight with the training footage, like, it doesn't surprise me how that fight went the way it went because you could see it in the little training footage that they showed for that fight, how he wouldn't go to train technique. He would go just to spar and beat up his training partners, and he would call it a day after that. And then he dislocates, like, one of his toes and so he couldn't train for a while. Like, it was working against him, right? And then you see the difference from when he's preparing for Cerrone. Now, people are going to say, well, that was a lesser opponent. But that's not what I'm saying. I understand it's a lesser opponent. But do you guys understand that his training preparation was very different? You can even see it in his demeanor going into the fight. Like, that does make sense, right, to people? You can see his demeanor was very different. Um... He, um, he was training techniques leading up to the fight. And then for the Dustin fight, that's where they ended up going to Portugal, I believe. He isolated himself there. And I believe his head trainer was John Cavanaugh. But it's some guy named Julian something. I don't remember his full name. But that guy is apparently his head trainer. I thought it was John Cavanaugh. I guess I was wrong in that sense. But he loses the second Dustin fight. And then he goes in for the third fight. Now, the third fight with Dustin is interesting because they had said in that training camp he had stress fractures, but he had a bruised bone. He couldn't be kicking for a while, and they had to put, like, a brace on it. And, like, in the fight, he couldn't be wearing that brace, you know? So, of course, what happened happened, and they said that was a possibility, and then he even talks about, like, when he went all crazy and started talking that nonsense to Dustin's wife. I bet you, he'll never admit it, but I bet you Connor regrets doing that. I bet you that's not who Connor is. I bet you he regrets doing that. And, um, yeah, and, like, people find it funny to, to say it to Dustin in public, but I'm like, dude, what are you guys doing? Like, did you guys see that when they were, like, it was some sort of parade, and some guy, he did a sign like that, and... Dustin calls him over just to slap him in the face. You guys did see that, right? That was crazy. I'm like, what's that guy doing, man? What's that guy doing? That guy's silly, bro. Like, what was he doing? Tell me. What was he doing? Hold on. Hold on. That's a good place to have it, right? That guy was silly, man. But, yeah, so I'm excited for Connor's return. He's going to fight Michael Chandler. Uh um, I believe it debuts next next week on the 30th of May. What's today? Today's the I believe today's the 23rd. So in about a, w- a week from today, right? So next Tuesday. I say Tuesday because that's when I'm recording this. Of course, for you guys, it's gonna be six days. So six days from when you're hearing this, the 30th. And like my only question now is, since it's gonna be shown on ESPN, are they gonna censor the swear words? Because I believe that adds to the show, right? Like, it's a violent sport, and like, people get emotional. You swear, unless you're like a very religious person. So, we'll see, man. It should be a good one. Supposedly, they're gonna announce the fight during the season because I almost <laughs> forgot to talk about this, but now that I'm talking about the ultimate fighter, it reminded me. You saw to put out a statement. Usada put out a statement of concerning Conor. We're going to read it right now. Usada officials Conor McGregor to re-enter UFC anti-doping program immediately. Conor McGregor has taken the last necessary step to mark his U- UFC return. The United Anti-Doping Agency officials f- on Friday confirmed in a statement to MMA fighting that McGregor is expected to rejoin the UFC's anti-doping program for drug testing in advance of his next fight. The statement arrived after McGregor said that's done when asked if he is getting back into the testing pool. Under the UFC's anti-doping program fighters who retire or remove themselves from the testing pool must undergo 6 months of drug testing before being allowed to compete again. I think they used to give exemptions to this rule but since Brock Lesnar tested positive they were like yeah we're not going to do that anymore so they have to do this. We have recently been in direct contact with Conor McGregor and as he confirmed today in the media, we expect to receive his paperwork coming out of retirement and re-entering the USADA testing pool immediately. A USADA official wrote in the statement, like other athletes who come out of retirement under the UFC anti-doping policy, McGregor will be subject to testing for at least six months and must provide at least two negative test samples before being permitted to compete. So what if he gets tested? and? Pops positive after two samples. Has anybody has that? The purpose of this rule is to ensure that all athletes who are not subject to a period of testing are adequately tested over a reasonable period of time before competing to ensure a level playing field for all athletes. McGregor is expected to clash with fellow Ultimate Fighting 31 coach Mike Chandler after this year, later this year, I said after later this year. But no official day has been set. Based on the data, McGregor's return the UFC anti-doping program and assuming he provides two negative test results, he should be eligible to compete in either November or December. I think it would be more December. The UFC has not made any official announcement regarding the cards e- in either month. Though the promotion is expected to return to Madison Square Garden in New York City in November, McGregor suffered a devastating... Okay, then it talks about the leg break. Okay, so there's that. I'm not gonna read the rest because there's no point. But there's that. I believe he will fight in December. Cause can you imagine they get they get John Jones and then they get Conor McGregor November December. That's insane. That is insane to me, bro. Insane. Let's see if I if I can get a little closer. It's insane to me because. You don't think those cards won't do good business? They'll do great business, man. Great business. But let's look at the fights that happened this past weekend. And I just read there's no fights this weekend. Dude, there would be Memorial Day weekend, so no fights this weekend. UFC-wise, I don't know about any other fights going on. But let's look at the fights that happened on Saturday. Mackenzie Dern defeats Angela Hill, uh, 49-43, 49-44, and 49-44. Anthony Hernandez defeats Edmund Shabazian. Lupita Godinez defeats Emily Ducote. Joaquin Buckley defeats Andre Fialovo, Carlos Diego Ferreira defeats Michael Johnson. That Carlos Fiera guy is for real, man. Carolina Kovokavich also won. Give me one second. All right, I thought I had to go do something, but it's fine. Diego Ferreira's for real. Joaquin Buckley, that guy, he made my cousin laugh because he did a scream, which sounded pretty funny. Lupita Goldinez, I mean, that girl is amazing, bro. Like, I can't wait to see what she does next, you know? Can't wait to see what she does. Anthony Hernandez, that guy's insane. I'm a big fan of that guy, bro. I'm a big fan. Uh, Mackenzie Dern, she looks sensational, man. I mean, if she keeps going, like... If I were to give Mackenzie some type of criticism, it would be, we got to work on those takedowns. Because people know that's where she wants to go, even though her hands are getting more dangerous. People know that's where she wants to go, you know. So we got to figure out. that She's got to, not we. She's got to figure out how to get it there more effectively because that head drag is not working for her. Because to have her fight, c- can you imagine when she fights Tatiana Suarez? Speaking of Tatiana Suarez, she's going to fight Gingeroba next, I believe the date on that is August 7th, or it's at least rumored to be that, we shall see, we shall see, now let's look at the rankings, the rankings for this one is weird, so Mackenzie's number 7 right now, under her is Marina Rodriguez, who she's lost to, and above her is Gingeroba, who she's beaten, so you can do this a couple ways, you can have her fight Jessica Andrade, who's just lost to Jan Shainan, Who's also lost, who also beat Mackenzie? Because Amanda Lemos is fighting for the belt. I know they talked about her fighting Rose, but I wouldn't do that just yet. You either have her fight Marina Rodriguez again, or you give her Jessica Andrade and have her build towards that Rose fight. Because right now, you're going to have number seven versus number one. That makes no sense. I mean, number two, because Carla is number one, Rose is number two. When Yan on beat her, if anybody should fight Rose, it's Yan. Unless they're going to hold her for the... T- unless she's the backup fighter. Again, Ariel's favorite thing. The backup fighter. If it sounds like I'm talking smack about Ariel, I'm not. Okay? I'm really not. I respect Ariel a lot. But I just think it's funny that he doesn't like the backup fighter position. I think it's cool. I think it's cool, Ariel. Why don't you think it's cool, bro? I think it's awesome. But yeah, Mackenzie, you should fight either Marina Rodriguez again or you give her Jessica Andrade. Of course, those three girls are Brazilian. I know Brazilians don't really like fighting each other. But you, they should at least think about it, you know, in my opinion. Um, Because Tatiana Suarez is number 10. She's about to fight Virna Jangirova, who's number 6. Eesh, that's going to be a crazy fight. I can't wait for that one. Virna's Jiu-Jitsu versus... Tatiana's wrestling that's gonna be nuts gonna be nuts okay let's go to this friend there's more Francis drama but let's go see what Dana said first UFC president Dana White has a lot to say Saturday following UFC fight night 224 as he publicly reacted for the first time to the news of Francis and Ngannou signing with PFL while White did not specifically address the finances involved in the deal As he cited lack of knowledge, the UFC president questioned how the move makes sense for Nganu, the promotion, and the viewers. Based on what I know about the deal, which is not much, it makes no sense to me, White said. You're going to pay a guy not to fight for a year? It's already been like 18 months. He fought three times in the last three years. It's just not what we do here. It's not what we do. The day that we released him, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Dana. Dana. Dana, I love you. You know I love you, Dana. I want to meet you. I want to shake your hand. I want to get an interview from you. I want to do all those things, Dana. But yes, you did. Come on, bro. You signed CM Punk. And this is going to suck because people say, oh, this guy just listens to a real show. But think about it. You signed CM Punk. You announced he was going to fight in January. And I believe he didn't fight until almost... September of that year. Like, come on, Dana. And you, and I find it funny that the day his his video announcement of him being the baddest motherfucker, you announced a fight for the BMF belt because that fight would have been better on its own. And Dana goes on to say, I don't think he's afraid of anybody. Why is that? It's just the fact that he doesn't want to take any risk. PFL is gonna pay a guy to train for a boxing match that may or may not even happen. They may or may not even be involved. See, this is the difference. I was talking to somebody about this and they're saying, I'm like, it's funny. Nate did it. Nate did everything Connor said he wanted to do. Connor said he wanted to make his own belt. Nate made his own belt. Connor said he wanted a box. Nate actually went out and is gonna do a boxing match on his own. Now you may tell me, well, what are you talking about? The Mayweather fight he did box. I'm like, yes, but the UFC was involved in that. That was still part of the UFC. Like, Nate is doing all this by himself. The boxing aspect, right? Because the UFC helped make the BMF belt. As is according to John Nash, details of Angandre's contract include that it is for two or three fights guaranteed a high seven-figure purse for each gives him the right to have his own sponsors in the cage and mandates his opponents will receive. Two million to fight him. The boxing terms of the deal are non-exclusive. It goes on to say it goes like it goes on to say this. In terms of the boxing component, White has doubt on Ngannou's pursuit of a lucrative boxing crossover, despite an MMA versus boxer match between Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather. Floyd May. What the hell did I just say? Which he co-promoted in 2017. You see. You see. Being one of the top grossing combat sports fights of all time, there isn't a comparable option, White said. That's one of the big problems with boxing right now, White said. It's all about these gimmicky type fights. That's not just what I do here. And then goes on to say Hunter Campbell threw the kitchen sink at the guy. Hunter went to more dinners with Francis, did everything in his power to get this fight done. He's talking about the fight with John Jones. Like. Again, this is where I kind of agree with Dana. Like, it's easy for me to sit here and go, well, yeah, he should have just done the John Jones fight and then bounced. But they w- from what I know, they wanted to lock him in a contract for three years for a minimum of a year. So that means he would have to fight for them three times. And when you just don't want to be somewhere anymore, that could feel like an eternity, bro. Like, he could have done the, Because to me, honestly, that's the only fight left for Francis. Is the John Jones fight in MMA, right? Because after that, like, what's there left for you to do? Absolutely nothing. You beat up Stipe. Like, you took revenge on him. The only other fight I could see him wanting is the the Derek Lewis fight. But really, why at this point? And then Dana goes on to say, Francis just thinks he's in a position where he's got some sort of Conor McGregor Mayweather fight on his hands, which he does not. That fight was a a once-in-a-lifetime type deal. A fight that I wasn't very interested in, but at the end of the day, it became so big. The right guys, the right time, the right place. The fans wanted it, so we did it, and we got it done. MMA guys versus boxing boxers doesn't make any sense to me, but I know he thinks there's all this money in it. I disagree. I don't think there is. And Dana, he's keeping, he's keeping on Bram because Dana was very reluctant on making that fight, but... It got to the point where like it was making so much noise that he had to give in and of course even it like let's say Tyson Fury and, and, and Ngannou agree to box Dana will be even more pissed because he's not a part of it if anything Peter Murray and company will be and then this is Francis response to all that Francis Ngannou apparently heard Dana White loud and clear and he disputed the UFC's president's latest takes on his departure and PFL signing. Following Saturday night's UFC at the Apex, White gave a lengthy reaction to Ngannou's recent signing after months of free agency and market exploration. White brought up multiple criticisms pertaining to a different aspects of Ngannou's deal, boxing hopes, and PFL business move. Ngannou responded Sunday on Twitter with a series of tweets to rebuke Rebut White's comments. First, Engano took exception with White's verbiage of the promotion r- that the promotion released him. Engano said his contract concluded and he elected to enter free agency; no permission necessary. Second, the list of Engano refuted White's accusations that he doesn't want to take risks. Engano pointed out his successful January twenty twenty-two title defense against Cyril God. After which he revealed that he fought with multiple torn ligaments in his knee. And then this is the series of, of tweets. What's your problem with me? I completed my contract, was a free agent and chose to walk away. You, you didn't release me. That's a number one. I hate taking risks. This is number two. I hate taking risks. That's why I defended my title to fulfill my contract with no ACL or MCL. Third and finally on the numbered portion of his tweets. Spree and Ganu redirected the blame to his inactivity back at Y and said, the promotion did not offer him more fights than the ones he accepted. Again, what's your problem with me? I completed my- oh, okay, number three, number three, this is number three, I was gonna about to repeat everything else I just said. The reason I fought three times in three years is because you wanted to control my deal and, si- and sign a new one and freeze me out. I owe these guys three fights a year, isn't that what you say? What happened? I always asked for and never, never said no to any fight in the three years. And he goes, I'm finally getting paid and respected and have a deal that is fair and equal for all parties. Why are you so against me being free and happy? Again, I'm going to keep on this. I'm going to keep on this. Think about this. Rome wasn't built in a day. People are saying like, oh, well, PFL got the short end of the stick. I'm not telling you it's perfect. The deal's not perfect. But this is the first of its kind, and the only thing they're going to do is build on this, right? Like, if this thing is done correctly, this deal is going to be talked about of the course of MMA history. Like, the Patriots, you talk about them repeating the Super Bowl three times. That's never going to be forgotten. This can be in that stratosphere. People are going to tell me I'm insane, but it could be in that stratosphere. This is the first of its kind. It could set a president that this could become the new norm in a few years. Like, why are people hating on him so much, man? I'm actually proud of him. And, like, it probably doesn't mean a lot coming from me. But I'm actually very proud of him because, again, there's always going to be only one first. And if he is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? An innovator. And he sets the norm. Francis has finally done what he's always wanted to do. And... He He's got equal rights to everybody, which I you can't hate on that. If you hate on that, like, you need to check yourself, honestly. It's not a perfect deal. I'll be the first one to say that. It's not a perfect deal, but it could be used as a starting point to build for a better future for everybody involved. And he goes, if you ever want that John Jones fight tap and reach out to Peter Murray, whenever, wherever. Dude, I'm telling you, ESPN, ESPN. ESPN, listen to me. You need to get involved and make this fight happen. Please. 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 It needs to happen. You guys need to get Dana White and this Peter Murray guy into a room. And be like, guys. Let's make this happen. To see who really has the best heavyweight in all of MMA. The winners here are ESPN. The winners here are ESPN, okay? Because... They're going to have both guys on their networks no matter what. Because I know PFL just signed a brand new deal with ESPN. I believe it's a three-year deal. And I know the UFC's deal expires, I want to say, in 2025. So we shall see what happens, man. But I'm excited. We should all be happy for Francis. We should all be happy. Again, they're going to build on this deal. Like This deal is going to be a starting point for everybody in the industry even the UFC because now fighters are going to look at them well they're going to be like well look at what Francis did how do I know I can't get that deal for myself how does Israel Adesanya know he can't get that deal for himself if he were to walk away from the UFC so what is that going to cause the UFC to do change their strategy they didn't have no competition before now they do with the PFL because tell me why Dana couldn't offer him something similar to this Because Dana felt like he didn't have to because they feel like they have no competition. But now with this contract, there's competition for sure. And apparently there's a bidding war between one championship and PFL to buy Bellator. There's a reason Bellator didn't put a bid in for Francis. And I believe it's because they're going to get sold. I'm going to try to get more information on that. I've been trying to reach out to Bellator's PR guy and PFL. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me. Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later.